Let's go to the word of the Lord today. I'm so thankful. It's an honor to bless you and be here and be a blessing with the word. Amen. Would you give our visitors a big hand before you grab your Bibles? Would you do that? I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. We're going to go to 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. That's our assignment today. And I'm just so excited about what God is showing me, the new things that God wants to do, the blessing that he wants to bring. I believe this word is going to be healing, hope, and restoration for somebody, and for our moms especially since we're speaking. There are a few things only a mother can teach you, amen? And so as we seek the word today, I ask your heart to be hope and to what God wants to do. And this story of the widow's olive oil, the oil of the widow, this widow came to the prophet Elisha fearful because the creditors were after her and her sons. And they would make them slaves in those days to pay off the debt. So she came to the prophet and asked him, what am I going to do? And the prophet asked her, what do you have in your house? Amen. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. Her husband was in training under Elisha as a prophet, and he passed away. She was a widow. So she came to the prophet and saying, Thy servant, my husband's dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. The next verse helps us out. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? How many have come to the Lord before and you feel like God would ask you, what shall he do for you? I believe God asks us that every time. Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. And so then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So that she went from him and shut the door upon her, her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out. And it came to pass, everybody say it came to pass, when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring yet a vessel, and he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of and thy children of the rest. I'm gonna ask the Lord to bless this message and bless the mothers in this place. Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? As we look to the blessing of the Lord, I'm asking you to just move in this place. Would you take our hands, our feet? Would you put me behind the cross so that you can be clearly seen by anybody in this room from your word, I pray. Hide me in the blood so that I am just merely a vessel, nothing more. And use, Lord Jesus, the mantle of this mouth to speak to somebody's heart. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Someone said amen. Amen. How many want the oil? I want it in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I want to speak for just a few minutes on moms, the gift of increase. The gift of increase. Hallelujah. 
several ways I can go out. I mean, when you've been preaching for as long as I have, you've put together quite a few mom messages. But I can tell you that there are some things that mom has blessed us with that we cannot replace. And Sarah did a great job this morning. I want to commend her in spirit life for just a beautiful teaching on moms. Amen. But the word that kept coming to me in prayer over and over again is the word increase. That is the word for today, increase. God is in the midst of us. He is doing things for us, but he is also interested in increase in our life and the way he designed us to be. In Genesis 1, 28, it says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so the Lord has already said, be fruitful and multiply in Genesis. He's creating the understanding that he wants us to increase. Everybody say increase. You should not be today where you were last year. And you should not be last year where you were before that. And we should not be where we are here next year. I believe that God's bringing greater increase. Amen. I have enough crazy faith to believe that. Anybody have any radical faith in here? Anybody ever believe God for something that was just far out to somebody else, but God did it? Amen. I believe there's a house full of people that have faith to believe God for something. And that's something that parents have in their life at work, not only because they walk with God, but because God has asked them to be fruitful and multiply, not only physically, not only spiritually, but God has done something so beautiful that he has made women with the capabilities of bringing forth a being out of their own humanity. In other words, out of their own womb, they can give birth. And I, I, I watch a lot of stuff just like Brother Reese does. I watch Jordan Peterson and I watch all these psychology stuff sometimes. And there's all, and they're, they're addressing things that are being said in our society that I don't personally hear, but I hear it through them. And there's this thing right now about what is the woman bringing to the table? All these young guys are dating and they're like, yeah, well, look what I bring to the table. What's she bring to the table? I'm sorry but she can build a human. Anybody else doing that? God made her to reproduce and bless, and she's fruitful even. So we have the spiritual concept of increase. We have the physical concept of increasing in our own daily lives that we should learn how to increase in our jobs, our lifestyle, everything that we're doing. We should focus on being a blessing and also increasing. But also God has created something in, in the woman that is different from anything else, and that's why it's so under attack today. Hello, somebody. That's why it's under attack. She is not a birthing human. She is a woman, and she deserves to be honored and blessed and cherished. Whenever you talk about what she bring into the table, she brings the ability to multiply and be fruitful from her very body. And so God has blessed the woman, and the moms are given as a gift of increase to us in our life. We have to understand that when moms are blessed with the fruit of their womb, that God is saying, I trust you to teach them to put their slippers far enough under the bed that when they get up in the morning, they have to hit their knees first. I trust you that whenever they get up in the morning, you teach them to put on the whole armor of God when they're putting on their cute little outfit and that you pray over them and send them off to school. I trust you to be the hands and feet that guide their lives and their hearts and their minds. God has given the gift of increase through mothers. Amen.
So it teach, we need to teach our children. And it's so prevalent that there's an attack on the mother. But I, I, I'm so thankful that I'm not looking at what the world is doing. I'm looking at how God has designed the home. And I'm thankful for the blessings of a godly woman in our life, in my life, in my home. And so we have to learn several things that we have to place all that he has given us back into his hands. Amen? And when we do that, we are showing our children that they should place all that God gives them back into God's hands. The greatest thing in the home is to see a model of what to do to follow God. Now, I don't know where Seth got it from, not my Seth, but the Seth that was born to Adam and Eve, because you never see Adam around an altar. You never see him showing up in Scripture, having off, offering a sacrifice at an altar. But somewhere, somebody put in that boy the understanding that you need to offer sacrifice to God. You need to worship God. And so you see throughout time that there is people that have been given the gift of a good mother that trained them and taught them and brought them in places where they learned how to surrender everything to God. What is placed in God's hands, brothers and sisters, will increase. Amen. And so even when you get all the way to the point where the Ark of the Covenant is coming back to Jerusalem and David is dancing before the Lord with all his might. Amen. I don't know about you preachers. Now you can pre you preachers can correct me because I, I try to be as humble as I can. But if you know a place in scripture where it says dance in the spirit, let me know. Because I haven't found one yet. I haven't done a deep dive but I haven't found one yet. But every place in the scripture where it talks about dancing before the Lord, it talks about dancing in your own might. And we get a little bit nervous about that because you can cut a rug in your own might, right? You can, uh, hello, somebody. You can get down. If you got the gift to dance, you can get down. Amen. And we get nervous in the church because that same thing that they're doing in the world and in the clubs is the same kind of thing that you do as unto the Lord. The difference is that when you start to do it in here with all of your might, David danced before the Lord with all his might. The Holy Ghost didn't pick up his foot and put his foot down. He did it at his, in his own strength, but he was doing it as unto the Lord. So I don't care if you got a little dance in you. I don't care if you know how to move and you know how to break. Whatever you got, you put it in the hands of the Lord. If you want to dance in this house, you dance in this house. But you better be sure you're not doing it for anybody but the Lord. You better be sure you're not doing it for show. You're not doing it to get attention. You're doing it to give him praise and him glory and to entertain his presence because we are the ones that bring it to the Lord. And that is one place where I want to bring praise to God. If there's anything that we do, there is some things in our life that only we can give to God. God, and that is our praise, brothers and sisters. So if you dance as unto your own strength, but you're doing it as unto the Lord, God bless it. And God give you strength to do so. Lift your hands. Jump unto the Lord. Do whatever you feel to do when the presence of God is moving, because David danced to the Lord with all of his might. Yeah. Mm. Well, some people are not dancers. Okay. But I don't know anybody that sits like a bump on a pickle and can be called a praiser. <laughs> Praisers make noise. And if you don't like any noise or any dancing, please don't go to heaven. You'll be real uncomfortable in heaven because there's worship going on around the throne. Day and night, amen? And the closer, Brother Reese, we get to heaven, the more I believe we're going to look like Davidic praise. 
You search the scriptures. It's not going to look like this with lights and this kind of, it's not going to have any stage. I'm glad we don't have a stage here, but we put, we put the praise on stage and God never meant for it to be on a stage. And I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a problem with stages. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with lights. I don't have a problem with aid to, to worship. I'm thankful for all of that. But I can tell you this, there's going to be a day where the people singing up here are quieter than the people singing out there. Amen. The people in the pew are going to make a joyful noise and sing unto the Lord with great volume so much so that the people that are singing up here with microphones are overshadowed by the massive amount of praise coming from the pew. I believe that's going to happen in my day. And we need to teach our kids that praise gives God glory. I've got 18 things. I'm going to be quick. Just 18 points and we'll get out of here and we'll go barbecue something or whatever you want to do today. I've got 18 reasons because after 18, your kids don't listen to you anymore anyway. So <laughs> I, I wanted to tell my kids, look, at 16, your mom and dad are going to be suddenly absolutely ridiculously dumb. And about 21, you're going to come out of that fog and go, well, my parents are really smart. But from 16 to 21, you can't, you can't say nothing to them. <laughs> but we try to be as kind as we can to our kids. So I didn't tell them, hey, you're going to have a hard time with your parents. I just try to love them as best I can. But here's 18 things that we need to do. Uh, mothers, are you ready? Oh, that was weak. Mothers, are you ready? All right, number one, use your blessings to bless others. These are things you need to teach your children. Use your blessings to bless others. Make it mandatory in your home that we will not be blessed and not try to, ble and not try to bless others around us. I personally love to bless people. I will go through the Starbucks line. Don't, don't write me about Starbucks. I, I know. But I will go through the Starbucks line, and I will start a pay it forward, and then I will get back in line and order something more expensive. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm seeing if you're listening. <laughs> I order a $5 drink, pay it forward, and then get back in line and get $16 worth of stuff and get it for free. got to have wisdom in this world, brothers and sisters. No, whenever you get blessed, you make sure you pass your blessings on. You make sure you bless the house of God. You make sure you bless your grandchildren. In fact, the, the Bible says that blessings will be passed on from generation to generation from the godly people that are in, that, that need to, that, that are in Scripture. Number two, have a great faith in your life. Regardless of your circumstances, have great faith. And if you don't know what to say in that moment, just pick up what I, I use. You can use it. You don't have to. I'm not saying it's the best plan, but I'm telling you this. Whenever I'm low on faith and when my kids see me and we're struggling, we're trying to figure something out, and we don't know which way God is going, all I do is say, God's got a plan. I don't have to have all of the answers. I just say, God's got a plan. God's got a plan. And so if you don't have great faith, just don't speak doubt just say, God's got a plan, and trust God with that plan. Number three, God is not limited to your limitations. Teach your children that God is not limited to your limitations. Recognize that sometimes God needs to do something in your life that money cannot buy. Amen? Number four, we're moving along quick here. Make plans, but let God change your plans whenever he chooses. 
Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke, the 12th yoke of oxen, but he had, though he had the blessing of his parents and his parents' business, he burnt that oxen and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord when the mantle of the Lord grazed over his shoulder. He recognized something that was bigger than what he had for blessings, and he was willing to make plans that were different than what his parents had made plans for him. So he chose to go with God's plan. Amen. But he would end up with a double portion of Elijah in the end because he chose to go with God's plan, even though he had plans on his life. His parents had made plans for him. God will give you a mantle of glory that exceeds your years, an old mantle, amen? There are mantles falling on people that are going into the grave, but they stay in the earth. I believe that. And someone can pick them up, and you can carry an old mantle as a young man. I believe that, that we're not supposed to despise the days of our youth because God has anointings that are old anointings that can rest on young shoulders, and I believe God wants to give people plans that don't always make sense, amen? And then number five, don't get mad at the haters. <laughs> Anybody ever have a hater? Just walk in what God calls you to do, amen? And just let them sit there and drink their haterade and eat their hater chips and watch God bless you, Amen? Let him order a nice big pile of hater tots and just enjoy what God is doing in your life and don't worry about the haters, amen? I know, I'm a mess. I'm, I, number six, you can't pray for every problem. I mean, sorry, you can't pray every problem away. Teach your children that you should pray for every problem. But you can't pray every problem away because problems are often going to be a stage for the promise of God to be materialized in your life. Understand that not all problems come to you because you made a mistake. Not all problems come to your life or your children because you messed up or you failed somewhere. I don't know who I'm preaching to like this, but I want you to know that not every problem is supposed to be prayed away. You're supposed to pray the promise of God into that problem and use that as a place for for God to materialize his manifest miracles. I know you don't like the problem. I don't like the problems. Working on a job that has hateful people, amen, that's not easy to have people that don't like you because your, your angels bother their demons, amen? But in order for the promise to manifest, it needs to be a promise that, that manifests on something, and so your, your problem may be the stage. If you go through the most horrific times of your life, God is simply setting you up for the greatest testimony in your life. Amen? I believe that. Your testimony is powerful, but it's only because you went through a test. Teach your children. Teach them that opportunity is often born in the middle of adversity. And if they pray the promise into their problem, they will see great things from God. Teach your babies, mama. Teach your little ones not to wait till the promise shows up to praise God, but praise him in the middle of the problem. Teach them how to lift up a praise when when it still is painful, when it still hurts, when you're still going through, teach them that the problem is a sign that God's on his way with your promise. Amen, somebody. Teach them that every problem is a stage for God's promise. Number seven, there is a culture in everything. There is a culture in everything. Poor has a culture. Did you know that? 
rich has a culture. If you were brought up in a rich home, you're not going to be able to do poor too well because poor folk go looking for retread tires and rich folk don't look at the price of the tires. Someone help me out preach here today. It, it, uh, once you have tasted of something, it's hard to go back. And if you were raised in a blessed home with plenty of money and you went to the store and didn't look at the prices on the, on the shelf, you just got what you want, you have to retrain yourself to go down. That's why Paul said, I've learned to abase and abound. I learned to. I learned how to go down, and I've learned how to come up because everything has a culture to it. There's a culture to live in rich, amen? There's a culture to live in with money. Uh, some people have a hard time living poor, but if you live poor, you know where to go to get your car fixed for cheap. You know Jimmy down on the corner can help you out. He can hook you up. You got, you got Brother Emmanuel down here that knows how to clean them windows and put in new awnings and you know he'll do it for 300 bucks not 2,000 where you would normally go you everything has a culture and you have to teach your children to learn how to be frugal as well as how to live well if you want them to walk into increase you teach them how to work with what they have and live within their means and if they will live within their means they will have great blessing you teach them how to work without watching the clock and then they won't have to watch the clock someday they can just live without being strapped to a budget and they can learn how to live debt free you teach them how to use what God has given them to create a culture of blessing in their life so that you create a culture of increase. Eight, sadness and grief can be an access point for the enemy. I'm so thankful we have you, brother, teaching all the stuff that he teaches, the years that he's brought his wisdom to this house, and I'm so thankful for it. But I can tell you he knows, and I well know, that grief is a place where the enemy can access with you and cause you to be depressed. Understand that sadness is a place where the enemy can come in. It's a doorway. And so you have to understand how to handle your sadness. You have to have the people of God around you. You have to gather a fellowship of people around you that can help you in moments of sadness and loss. And you have to surrender it to the Lord. Somebody said amen. Teach your children how to handle loss. And tell them that if God needed it to bless you, it wouldn't have left you. God can literally bless you with everything you have left. In fact, in this story, what did the prophet say? I want to preach right here, and I got all these illustrations to get to. We might not get to the bow and arrow illustration today. <laughs> We're going to get there. The widow woman, hear me carefully. I'm going to say this, okay? The widow woman needed a prophet to recognize what God wanted to bless. She needed a man of God to step in her life and say, what do you have in your house? Same thing. David, what do you have in your hands? A slingshot. Use what you have in your hands. Use what you know. Use what you have in your house. That's what I'm trying to say. When, when sadness or loss comes, teach your children that this is going to happen. We're going to lose things in our life. Things are going to leave us. But the things that are for you cannot leave you, and the things that are against you cannot stay. Understand that God knew long before you did who was scaffolding to help build your life and who was going to stay in your life for the rest of your life. 
life. And if they go, wave them goodbye and say, see you, Felicia. We're going to keep moving. Bye, Felicia. Something like that. Help me out, Brother Nate. I'm getting too old for these references. <laughs> Number nine, perspective determines promise. He was helping her with her perspective. She only saw a bowl of oil or, or a vessel of oil in her life. He said, what's in your house? She says, I don't have anything. She had a whole lot more than she realized. Because as long as God touches the oil, as long as there's oil in your house, there's anointing in your life, there's an oil in this house, amen, God can use it, amen. Don't ever say there's nothing. Yeah, we met in the rectangle room for a little while, but don't ever say there was nothing here while we were here. We felt the presence of the Lord. We were touched by his hand. Miracles happened. People were baptized in the name of the Lord. There are, there's oil in the house if you will but look for it. But you got to go on a search. You have to be willing to teach your children to go searching for it. Be determined that your perspective is what determines the promise coming to pass in your life. When you say hi to some people and they just start dump trucking everything in their life on you, there's a good chance they're probably living in some depression. They're probably living in some sadness. When you say hi and they just start telling you all that's wrong in their life, that is something that's led them into depression. They're hurting, and you need to be there for them. You need to try to help them change their perspective on life. Why? Because you're a good friend, number one. And number two, because if their perspective changes, the promise will show up. What was she looking at? She was looking at what she didn't have. And the prophet said, you've got something left to use. Go borrow vessels. Now, I want you to know that it's not a good strategic plan in your life to be buried in debt and go borrow something. <laughs> it's not a good plan. No creditor, no bank really wants to hear from you. But I can tell you, Jesus said that there is somebody you can lean upon in a moment of need. You need to have enough people around you and enough friends in your life that when you need something, you can ask them for it. But also, he was saying, if things get bad enough, there is still something that you can reach for and search for, and God can use it. So, I want to tell you, if you get beat down by life, it can get to your perspective. It really can how many have ever been in a place where your perspective was low because life just kind of kicked you in the teeth? Any honest people? Yeah, I know what it's like. How many have ever prayed, and when you prayed, you got a different perspective? Have you ever seen that meme where it's like a cat going into the prayer room and it's a lion coming out? Have you ever seen that meme? That is not just something that, that just randomly happens. That is what God designed us to do. Prayer is designed to give you a better perspective. I can look around the room and I'm looking at you and I see your gifts and your talents and many of you are so blessed and I'm so thankful. Some of you are very attractive. Some of you wear a beard very well, like Brother Reese and some, I'm picking on this beard today because I've given him a ribbon. But some of you have gifts that are not hidden. I mean, not very visible, but they're hidden. Some of you are amazing musicians, Brother Rob, others. And some of you can sing. Amen? Some of you have other gifts that are, that are not as visible, but some are very visible. And I can see them. I can look through these glasses that my wife got me so, so lovely and made me look so handsome. And she, she's making sure. She's making sure that I can see all of you very well today. And I can read everything in my notes. But even though I can see all of you and all your gifts and all your talents... I cannot see myself. 
I cannot always see my gifts and my talents and my abilities. The same is for you. You don't see you very well. You see everybody else, and you can see all of their gifts and all of their blessings, but you may not see your, th- your stuff and your blessings very well. And when you go into prayer, God reminds you of who you are in him. God reminds you of what you have, and you look in the mirror of the word, and you start understanding that I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed coming in and going out in the field and in the city. I'm blessed in my inn, and that the children of the Lord shall have an expected end that God is going to bless you in some way so that you know that your perspective is not the perspective that's right, but his perspective on your life is the one that's right. Teach your kids how to pray so that they can see themselves the way God wants them to see them. Amen, somebody. Number 10, God does not need anything you lost to bless you. I think we hit that one already, didn't we? Elijah did not give the widow woman anything. Did you notice that? In that scripture, he didn't give her anything. He didn't say, well, such as I have. <laughs> he, he didn't. He said, he said to her, do you have anything left in the house? What's in your hand? God does not need anything from you. He just needs you to submit yourself to him to bless you. Amen? Teach your kids to be available to God, and he'll do the work. Number 11, rebuke every devil that says you don't have anything. Rebuke every devil that says you don't have enough. Let me, let me just talk to you for just a minute. Is it okay? Can I walk and talk? I don't have far to walk. Let's, I'll just circle the pulpit, I guess. If you needed to be more attractive to do what God called you to do, he would have made you more attractive. Don't look in the mirror and go, if I had better teeth, if I had better nose, if I had this, if I had that, if I had nicer hair, if I had a nice figure, if I had this, all that... Please, that is not at all what you need to do what God has called you to do. He made you perfectly to fit his will for your life. I had to, put a, I had to get a new key for these doors because they put new locks on them, and I gave them out to the team, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. You know why? Because they cut them in batches, and sometimes the cut gets a little loose as it gets three or four or five of them in. And so some of them had to kind of jiggle it to get the door open, and some didn't work at all to open the door. I want you to know that God has a door for you with your name on it. Nobody else can walk through it. Nobody else can do what God wants done in that space. And so you are the key to God's will for your life. He will only bless you as you. He will not bless the fake you. He will not bless the you you're trying to be. He will not bless the you that's trying to be like somebody else. He will only bless you being you because he made you to fit as a key into his purpose. You are the key to God's door for your life. And so you have to understand that we have to rebuke the devil when he tells you you don't have anything. You have everything God gave you that you need to do what God called you to do. Number 12, fight determines favor. Put a fight in your kids to go after the favor of God. The devil would be fighting you. The devil wouldn't be fighting you if God wasn't going to do something in your life. In fact, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. You know the greatest way to resist the devil? Keep doing what you were doing when he attacked you because he's attacking you because he sees greater things in you. That's why he attacked you. So just keep doing what God wants you to do in the area of your life and keep trusting the Lord and he will make it happen. Number 13, teach them. Teach your children 
to pray. Prayer teaches them how to see themselves. I've already hit this. Number 14, when God wants you, he wanted you. When God called you, he meant you. Amen? Everything in you, everything you have been through, everything that makes you who you are, every cracked place, every broken place, amen? Turn to somebody and say, I fit. I fit. Now, kids are saying, check my fit. Have you ever heard of that? I asked my wife if I could wear this tie today, so I put it on and said, babe, check my fit. How do I look? I want you to know that if you, if you don't have a prayer life, you don't feel like you fit somewhere. If you have a prayer life and you teach your kids how to pray, you will stop hanging around people that say that God has not put something in you, that, that believe that there's no value in you. You'll stop hanging out with people or around people that can't see what God put inside of you. You have been given talents, amen? The parables of the talents comes to play in this situation, and I want you to know that God has put some things in your children through you and in your life. You are the increased mothers to your children. You can help them and bless them if you invest in them, amen? But you have to invest in them an ability to understand that that God has made them to fit somewhere, and God has a plan for their life. Number 15, your persecution might be a perspective change. The things that are coming against you may be to change your perspective because the enemy sees it, but you may not see it yet. Number 16, overflow affects everything in your house. Every cup that God has given you, David's speaking now, my cup runneth over in, in the psalm, Amen. In the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leave me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. And the Bible says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup overflows. In the Jewish tradition, they would overflow your cup if they were happy that you were there. If they were enjoying your company, they would overflow your cup as they were pouring it. They wouldn't just pour a cup full to refill. They would overflow it a little bit on the table saying, I'm glad you're here and I'm enjoying your company. Every cup, every space, every vessel, every capacity that God has given you, he intends to overflow. He intends to put an overflow in that space. So if you're in a valley right now, go ahead and start digging ditches. Go ahead and start digging new capacity places. Start making yourself more capable of receiving the rain that is coming from the Lord because it may look like a desert. It may look like a place where rain's not going to show up, but if you make yourself stretch to a greater capacity, you will receive more and retain more when the blessings start coming. He intends to overflow everything in your life and it'll affect your whole house amen come on mama teach those babies how to increase put them in the schools they need to be in teach them the right ways give them the ability to stretch in their capacity because you're working to make them what god wants them to be you are designing them capacity determines flow amen he said go borrow vessels they should have borrowed every vessel they could get their hands on, but she didn't. They only borrowed as many as they could, and I don't know how many that was. I don't know how many neighbors they went to in the story that I've referenced today, but they got to a point where she said, give me another vessel, and there was no more vessels. I wonder if the flow of God's 
power and presence in our life is because we haven't had a big enough vision to see a place to create more capacity for God to fill. Because God fills what he forms, amen? He fills us with his spirit because he formed us with his hands. He didn't just speak us, he formed us. And if he can use your hands, mama, to form something in those babies, God will fill it to overflowing. God will use it, and God will create in something that he can use, amen? In your hands, it's just a little pot of oil. But with God, you're going to need a greater capacity. Increase is the word that I had today. It's just a little pot of oil if you look at it with the wrong perspective. But with God, how much you have doesn't determine the flow of how much he has. As long as you seek out greater capacity, get around people that can flow at the level of your vision. You, t- you put five people around you and I'll tell you your future, they say. You tell me your five best friends and I'll tell you your future. That's because you cap at the capacity that they have. You will talk about the same stuff, do the same stuff. If you get around more people that have greater vision in God, you will suddenly dig deeper ditches for greater rain. I'm telling you, it works. Hallelujah. But don't tell people that have no capacity for the vision that God's given you, the dreams that he's put in your life, because they will try to kill it. Amen. Hello, Joseph. Come on in this room. Joseph told his brothers, and they did not have the capacity to receive the dreams that God had put in his life. And so Joseph ends up 40 years of his life in the wilderness doing the things that he needed to do to get where he needed to be. But at the end of his life, his blessings say that his life was a true arrow, that he was straight and he was able to be used by God. The blessing of Joseph is in Genesis 49, 22 through 26. It says, Joseph is like a wild donkey by a spring. I don't know what that means. A wild colt on the hillside. Maybe he's a little crazy. But he's got a spring near him. He went to life spring for service. I don't know. His enemies attacked him fiercely. But here is it. And pursue him and their bows and arrow, with their bows and arrows. But his bow remains steady and his arms are made strong by the power of the almighty God of Jacob. By the shepherd, the protector of Israel. It is your father God, your father's God who helps you. The almighty God who blesses you with blessings of rain from above. Amen. Someone say capacity. We need an increase to receive with rain from above and of deep waters from beneath the ground. Blessings of many cattle and children. Blessings of corn and flour. Blessings of ancient mountains. Delightful things from the everlasting hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph on the brow of the one set apart from his brothers. He said there was a bow in his hand and there was arrows in his hand. Today we're going to dedicate little Link and I want you to know that God has blessed Reese and Tasha with a new arrow. The Bible says in Psalms that there is a, a, the children are like arrows in the quiver. Amen. They're useful in a way that even it talks about that they will stand and they will not, you will be blessed with your children in the gate, in the places where you have offense or where someone comes against you. Your children are going to bless you and help you. And God put his charge over the blessing of his people. And and Joseph was an arrow that was straight. I did not bring an arrow to the house because I didn't want you to think I brought a weapon with me. (laughs) I have a friend that got in real big trouble for using a bow. I want you to know that God is the bow. 
Have you ever been pulled backwards before you were released forwards? As far as you're pulled back, it's just because that's how far God wants you to go. And if you understand that there is stress, there is problems. And now I can't pull this back necessarily with a microphone in my hand because I think it's like 80-pound test or something like that. But if you get far enough back here, there is a place in this cam that releases, and it sets into a little pocket that has about 60% let off. It's a hard pull. It's just difficult to pull all the way back, and then when you get to the point, suddenly there's this little piece where the cam turns over, and there's no pressure. That is the place of rest, brothers and sisters. That is where God wants you to put. Now, there's going to be struggle. You're going to, have your, you're going to be raising your children, and there's going to be pushback. There's going to be times when you're like, God, what is going on? And you're going to feel like you're pulling and pulling. But there is a place in God where you can rest your children, where they're ready to be sent, and they can be fired into this world, amen? And God can use them. You just spend time making sure that they're straight and that they're right, and God, know, and God knows how to help you build up and raise up right righteous children. But when you get them in his bow, you don't have to worry about the bow or how far they're going to go. You don't have to worry about where they're going to be sent to. You just have to make sure they're ready to be sent. Amen. And so today we want to dedicate little link because we know God has blessed that family with three babies. And this one baby, I believe is God's going God's to bless him. And I believe we're going to pray that he's going to be a straight arrow in the hands ready to be used by the master's hands. Amen we got to plan for greater things in their life. Don't give your kids the stuff you never had. Give them a relationship with God that you never had. Give them vision like you never had. Put stuff in their life that they can't get themselves. Give them understanding and revelation that God gave you through your life. God will pour out blessings on those who are able to receive. Amen. The parable of the talents, we see that moms have a blessing of increase that what you build into your children is an opportunity for God to release talents into their life. There was a brother that got one talent and a brother that got two talents and made it into four and a brother that got five talents and made it into 10. And when they got done, the master came back from a far country and he said, good job to the one that turned five into 10. He said, good job to the one that turned two into four. And he said, you're a foolish man to the one that took the one and buried it. And he said, I know you're a master. You're a hard master. You, you collect where you don't sow seeds and, and you, you give, get increase from places where, where you haven't been. And he said, well, then why didn't you just take it to the bank and at least get interest on that one. And he took the one and gave it to the man who had 10. I don't know if you understand, but God holds us accountable for the things he puts in our life. Brothers and sisters, he holds us accountable for the arrows that we are put, that are put into our life to make them ready to be used by God. And he also asks us to watch over them and make sure they have been put, given the abilities to be used by God's hands. So in the talents that he's given out in verse 14, it says, for it it will be like a man, this is a parable going on a journey, who called his servants and entrusted them his property. And then verse 15, there's something very powerful. He says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one. To each according to their ability. Do you see that? To each according to his several abilities, the, kingdom, the King James Version said. That word ability, you know what that word is? Dunamis. Now, I can tell you that I grew up without someone making sure I was a straight arrow, but my mom prayed from her bedroom, said, God, whatever you got to do, make sure that boy flies straight. 
make sure he gets the training he needs to get. She may not have had everything she needed, but she knew how to pray to make sure God put something in my life. And I want to tell you, Acts 1 and 8 says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God would not give you tasks, mother, that he does not also give you a backup plan for. If you have missed it, if you've fallen down, if you've made mistakes in your life training your babies, God said, I'm going to put something in my Holy Ghost that can replace everything that was ever lost in your life. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost. Same word, dunamis. The things that you are missing, God will give you the ability to handle through the power of the Holy Ghost. So mothers have the opportunity of bringing their babies to God and praying them through to the Holy Ghost and giving them things that they don't even know how to give them, but the Holy Ghost can put it in them. Amen, somebody? Mm, so good. I felt that for myself. Maybe that was just for me, but start planning for increase now for your babies. Start praying over them, saying, God, use them. Fill them with your spirit. Hallelujah. If you were not blessed with a mother that sowed increase into your life, sow increase into the next generation by praying the power of the Holy Ghost on them, and that dunamis will replace the dunamis that was missing. Amen. Does that make sense? I'm closing. Start planning for greater flow. Give like you know increase is coming. Move like you know God's about to move. To all that the move like you know God's going to do something great. Get out ahead of it. The oil never stopped till they ran out of capacity. Build capacity in your children, mamas. Build the ability for them to receive greater anointing and oil. What you pass on is most important. You are a gift of increase to your families. Mom's the gift of increase. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Would you bow your heads with me, Jesus? I thank you that you partner with us, as Sarah said, in spirit life to create capacities greater than we could ever understand. Thank you for being the bow. We don't have to worry about how far back you're going to pull us. We just know that you're going to send us one day with anointing and with power. We have to trust that we are in your resting place. Even if things are going haywire around us, Lord God, let the rest of the Holy Ghost be the place where we live so that we know we can be sent by you to the place you design us to be. Thank you for the arrows that you've put in the quiver. Thank you for our children and our loved ones. Thank you for the moms in this room who are the gift of increase in their family. I pray you bless them. As we seek you, Lord, today in dedication of a new arrow in this house, I pray you remind us all of the days when we held little ones in our arms. And if we didn't know how to do it then, God, help us to pray now that your dunamis power, the Holy Ghost, would replace everything that we missed. Every moment we fell down, cover it in your blood and replace it with the Holy Ghost power, I pray. I pray that over every family and every home in Jesus' precious name. Everybody said amen. Let's watch this video of beautiful little Link as we go into our dedication today.
Bible says, amen. Go ahead and clap. That's lovely. Reese and Tasha, would you bring your new arrow to the Lord today? And we're going to ask the Lord to bless. Scripture says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We understand that little Link has not, does not have the capacity to believe yet. So we dedicate him instead of baptize him. And we dedicate him unto the Lord today as a beautiful baby boy in his bow tie. Amen. I think he dresses better than his dad. <laughs> Psalms 127, 1 through 5 says, If the Lord does not build the house, the work of the builders is useless. If the Lord does not protect the city, it is useless for the centuries to stand guard. It is useless to work so hard for a living, getting up early and going to bed late, for the Lord provides for those he loves while they are asleep. Children are the gift. Children are a gift from the Lord. Everybody said amen. They are a real blessing. The sons of man has the sons of the sons a man has when he is young are like arrows in a soldier's hands. Happy is the man who has many such arrows. He will never be defeated when he meets his enemies in the place of judgment or at the gate. I'm thankful for the blessings in your life. I'm thankful for what I've seen God do in your life, Reese. I know God's put fresh favor on your life. Tasha, you have been a great mother. You've been an example to this house of how to love your children. Thank you for being such a blessing and a model of a godly woman. Let's thank the Lord for them right now. Could we do that? Thank you, Jesus. The blessings that you are to us, Jesus. Reese, would you be willing to repeat after me or just say, I will. Do you, Reese Morgan, as the father of Link Harley Morgan, by your own free will, 
desire to offer this child to the Lord? Do you vow to be the head of your home, serving as priest, provider, and protector? Brother Rob, would you come? As you have covenanted to be a covering, we are covenanting to pray over you as well as a church. And we put this covering on you. This is a God moment. Do you vow to be an example of godliness as a model in action and as a father for your son to follow? Mama, you have given the gift of increase. Do you, Tasha Morgan, as the mother of Link Morgan, by your own free will, desire to offer this baby and child to the Lord? Do you vow to be an example of godliness as a wife and mother, showing your son what he should look for in a future mate? Do you vow to nurture your son and cherish everything he becomes as God reveals the talents he has placed in him? To both of you, if you'd answer, we will. Do you both promise to uphold God's command to teach your son to love God with all of his heart, soul, and might, to put God first in his life and hold fast to the truth taught in the word of God? And do you both prompt to model a committed, faithful Christian lifestyle so you will always know, so he will always, your son will always know the value of a close relationship with God? Amen. Would you stand all over the room as we pray? Mama, if you could hold the arrow as a representation of training him up straight and right to be used by the hands of the Lord. Brother Reese, I brought you three of them because <laughs> you've done so good. We know you've done all the work. I should have given you the three, given him the one. Would family gather around at this time as we want to pray for them, all the family that's in the house? Would you join us? as we pray a blessing over them and a commitment of Baby Link. Come on around, moms and brothers and sisters and friends that are here today. Amen. Church, would you also help us in praying today? When we get done, we'll have a blessing for moms. You can come get a rose. But right now, would you just extend your hands this way and pray over them in the name of Jesus, by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing that rests on their life. I'm asking you, Jesus, to use this child for your glory, that you give them wisdom and raising, Link, that you give them authority, Lord Jesus, and knowledge that you would protect and guard and keep, Lord Jesus, his future, his life. Lord God, that you would establish 
even now that you would establish everything that you're going to do with Link in his life, that you would bring out talents, that everything that you've blessed and buried in him, everything that you knew was in him as you formed him in the womb, that you would bring that to light, Jesus, and that the world would be blessed because of the talents you put in these hands and these feet. I'm asking it in the name of the Lord, by the authority and power of the Holy Ghost, and in the name of Jesus, we dedicate little Link Harley in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Come on, let's celebrate unto the Lord one more time, would you? Why don't you give somebody a hug near you and just thank them for being at the house of the Lord. Moms, if you want to come get a rose, please do. Mothers, if you come get a rose, we'd love to give one to you. Sarah will pass them out. 